history that involves monumental change has always begun with one person taking a stand. When government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not follow and not comply. And I just need to know who is willing to stand. be what you do. It has to be who you are. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Am I supposed to do something? <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to the everybody. Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Welcome, everybody, in the chat room. What'd you think of that new trailer, JC? It's great. It's awesome. Awesome. New trailer. I'm so excited. By the way, you guys are the first to see the brand new trailer. So excited to have that out to you. Hey, don't forget to hit that like and share. Don't forget if you uh, that you you can help us beat the censorship by simply liking and sharing the more likes, the more times people will see, the more shares, the more opportunity people have to see because uh, social media is not going to be our friend in all of this. I mean, after all, did you see this, JC? So uh, what we have is Facebook now uh, setting up a program where you can alert your friend, uh, alert Facebook if you are concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist. It says, are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on, on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. Get support. Click this button. Hear stories and advice from people who escaped violent extremist groups. Yeah, I sent your name in. You sent my name in? I sent BLM in. Did you? Yeah. I said my wife is extreme. <laughs> What does that mean? Being they, they extreme. Me. They never told me. Did they hook you up with other husbands who complain that their wives are extreme? Nope. <laughs> what is an extremist? And what stinking business is it of it of Facebook's anyway? Why why does Facebook find themselves to be the judge and the jury? But don't worry, if you if you report someone it's confidential. No one will ever know about it. No one. No one will ever know. I think it's a contradiction. Reporting. If you report it, then somebody knows about it. Yeah. Can you report it? Like, the one per like there's one person on the other side and he doesn't tell anybody. 
Well, here's the thing. You have to have a direct line to Zuckerberg. Uh, direct line. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Does this you you actually have to have a Facebook account to report someone through Facebook? Mm-hmm. How is that anonymous? How is that confidential? You see, it, it can't be confidential unless it's actually anonymous because Facebook knows who you are. Mm-hmm. The federal government has a direct line to Facebook. Right. I mean, the illusion that Facebook is going to keep anything confidential is like believing that that lady in the church that comes up to you all the time and says, I promise I won't tell anybody. <laughs> just, just, I understand there's a problem. Let me help you with that problem. I promise sure I won't tell anybody. I'll be your shoulder for you. All you have to do is, you know, I won't tell anybody. I'm here for you. Right? Wow, this sun is very bright on me, JC. We are in Arkansas. Do you know how beautiful Arkansas is? I wonder if Arkansas, thank you. I wonder if Arkansas is like one of those hidden gems. People don't realize how pretty it is. Uh, We went canoeing. We've been spending time with some friends. It's just a really pretty place. It's Smackdown. We're in Northwest Arkansas, which is almost Missouri. And just, I just want to say hello to everybody in Arkansas. See, Blue North Wind says Arkansas is pretty beautiful. Awesome. What have you thought about it? It's great. It's great. All right. So do you know someone that's an extremist? Zuckerberg wants to help you with that. Were you about to say something? No, I'm all over it. You're all over what? I'll make my list. You'll make your list? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, get right on that, get right, get right on making your list. Yeah. I just, again, the whole thing that bothers me is what exactly, if this weren't so close to the repetition of reporting your neighbors in the Soviet union, reporting your, your parents in the Soviet union, I might be able to laugh about it. I, I just can't find it within my soul to laugh about this, to just simply dismiss this. This is something that is absolutely off the chain, JC, completely off the chain. And then I thought it was par for the course. This uh, par for the course for these people, but this should not be something that is that goes unanswered in America. This is not something that should be. Uh, you know, we just go, ha, ha, ha. This is something that should awaken the spirit of every American as to the the lurking dangers. I mean, I just don't know what has to happen to, to make people wake up and realize what's going on. Uh, I did Victory News this morning, and one of the story clips that we commented on was a poll that had been taken Uh, over the weekend of college students asking them if they were proud to be Americans. You saw that. Mm -hmm. These college students reporting, well, if you're white, I guess you have something to be proud of. Another college student said, I'm not sure how I can be proud of, of America's colonialism and history of racism and seriously 
this is a step for this is a violent step further than Mark Dice hitting the 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 Independence Day celebrations and finding out that people actually think we're be, we're we're celebrating becoming independent from Mexico. I mean, this is this is a whole new level. And this is just this ought to be further proof of anyone to anyone that we should not be sending our children to government paid colleges, government funded colleges. This is the kind of product that we're pushing out at the college level. You know, one one college student said, I, I think America is an embarrassment. And the last four years have been very difficult to find things to be proud of. Do you, you realize what this is? These are just simply media talking points. They have absolutely no education whatsoever beyond what they're hearing from the mainstream media that's being funneled to their professors. See, I don't think I don't think these college students actually watch mainstream media. I think their professors are CNN, MSNBC, The View addicts, and they teach what they hear on CNN and The View as college curriculum. That's what I believe. These are the kind of things that are being fed to our college students, and then our college students become your K through 12 teachers, so your children in the government-funded schools by the way, it is also being documented that this, this disinformation is funneling into your private schools, hello Christians, into your Christian schools, because Christian schools, I'll never understand this, JC, Christian schools are actually looking for college-educated teachers to teach in the Christian schools. Mm-hmm. So when you go to Yale, you go to Harvard, you go to Georgetown, you go to Townsend, you go to these colleges and you get this indoctrination with disinformation. And then the local Bible college wants you to come teach there or the local Christian school says, oh, we've got to find somebody with credentials. Right. Then they come in and then the whole system is completely, completely poisoned. And then what benefit do you have from sending your child to a private school or to a Christian school? I, I think that if, if I think that if we were going to be sending, if, if it ever came about that Colton was not going to be homeschooled for one strange reason or another, we had to send him to a Christian school. I would search out a Christian school who did not hire college graduate teachers. Public. College. Public college. No college whatsoever. No college. Well, it would, it, there would be a very small list of colleges okay. because Christian colleges are also teaching this stuff, also using these textbooks. They're pumping out Christian teachers. So I would either have to say, okay, let's see, Liberty University. Um, I don't know. I, I can't go through the list, but there's, there would be a short list of colleges that I would allow to their 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 teachers to teach my child. And above that, I think as a parent, I would sit down and interview the teachers. You know, JC, that's what our our parents ought to do in the government school systems. <laughs> Seriously, sit down. If you if you are 
hell-bent on sending your child to a government school, you should sit down and actually interview your teachers. Sit down and ask them questions about American history. Sit down and ask them questions about math. For your entertainment? Well, you know, then maybe you can get a one-on-one personal understanding of why your child should never go there. Right. Right? Yeah, because I truly don't presume that's going to... They're not going to... I mean, they'll just realize what it is. It's not like you're going to... Well, we need to. They're not going to dictate what they do. They're just going to find out how crazy their teachers are. Well, I think that's absolutely essential. (laughs) Every parent should find out how crazy their teachers are. Mm -hmm. So we have the education system. How about the judicial system, JC? I've got this this crazy thing in Columbia, in, in Columbus, Ohio. That's where the Ohio creeped in my brain earlier today. A judge is adding to defendant's probation a requirement to get the COVID jab. You know what his justification to me? His justification was, well, none of the defendants have objected. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's, that's, that's his justification. He discussed the matter in open courts. And they attributed their quote unquote unvaccinated status to procrastination. None of my defendants raised any philosophical, medical, or religious objections. It occurred to me that at least some of these folks need to be encouraged to not to procrastinate. I think it's a reasonable condition when we're telling people to get employed and be out in the community. But he declined to quote speculate what would happen if a defendant raised a medical, religious, or philosophical exemption to the jab? What was that? He said it's a different situation entirely than what? He said, oh, hold on a second. No. He said that, um, oh, I lost it. It moved to a, yeah, there it is. Okay. He said it's different. Yeah. For these people. It's, it's an entirely different situ. It's, this is a different situation entirely than people who have simply put off the matter. So if you have an objection, that's different than people who have told the judge, uh, why haven't you been vaccinated? Well, because I just haven't got around to it. Right. So he he said, I'm just simply encouraging these people in what they, you know, what they already want to do. Can I tell you, as a prosecutor who stood in the courtroom for 10 years, people who stand before judges who are being sentenced by that judge are go are not going to object to what that judge says, no matter what that judge says. Right. Because They know the power of life and death. And I think that sounds pretty crazy and maybe even extreme. They know that at that moment, the power of life and death rests in the hands of that judge. Well, their future. The disposition of their case, to say the least. Well, do they get to live free or do they not? Well, I'm pretty sure they're probably not thinking that he's going to kill them, but. 
No, but this is the this the is how their life their goes. Case certainly is in his hands, and they're not going to. I can't imagine they're going to answer anyway, but what they think he wants to hear. Right. So why do you have to? Where is the jurisdiction for this judge to even do this? You see, sentencing, right? Sentencing in in, and I can't answer for who for Ohio, but in the states that I have actually been in the courtroom. Sentencing must be directly related to the crime that was committed. You can't just pull crap out of your (laughs) butt and tell people to do it. Because then what are you? You're not a judge. You're a king. You're a ruler. And unless these people are being convicted, uh, have been convicted of something that has to do with not having the COVID vaccination ordering them to have the jab is completely and totally tyrannical. And the problem is we have created a judiciary in which people are so intimidated by these, the system, by these judges, who's actually going to disagree. Cause number one, if you're going to be before a judge and the judge is going to put you on probation, That means you're going to be back before that judge sometime in the future to end your probation. You're going to be back. You could actually have a situation where you need something from that judge. Maybe you're on probation and there's a limit on your probation for one thing or another, and you need to ask for an exception to that probation so you can maybe go out of town to to a family event or do something outside the parameters of your restriction, you've got to go and ask that judge for permission to do that while you're on probation. You're going to stand up and object day one to something that the judge is going to give you. And then what, then, then what you decide after all that you don't want to have the jab Maybe you get educated. Maybe your family members tell you. Then all of a sudden, now you got to go back to the judge and say, I'm not going to do this because not doing it is now a violation of your probation. And a violation of your probation can put you in jail. I don't know if people understand that. If you violate your probation, you can go to jail. You can go to prison. So as an attorney, this is incredibly, incredibly offensive to me. Period. Pretty sure you don't have to be an attorney to be offended at that. I don't know. I, I think I'm more offended. I, that's that's the point that I'm trying to make because this is this is a mark on on me, right? This makes people really? look at me this way. Well, you know how people throw lawyers all in the same bucket and everybody in the courtroom in the same bucket. If you're in that system now, all of the sudden, you know, how many times they've had people say nasty things about judges, about lawyers. And then, you know, like an afterthought, oh, we don't mean you, Chrisanne, right? Because they actually throw everybody in that bucket. Okay. You don't think so? Oh, I mean, I would. Well, I'm not going to because your marriage judge does to every lawyer on the planet. Well, I think he's if that was not he's a tyrant. He's an idiot. Yeah. Well, if that wasn't the case, then there wouldn't be lawyer jokes that say things like what's what's 100 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? You know, a good good start. start, Right. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't say what's 100 corrupt uh, cupped lawyers. Those jokes offend you. 
No, they don't offend me. Oh, I'm just checking. No, they don't offend me. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm just trying to show you that the rest of the world has the Shakespearean stereotype of lawyers. You tell somebody that you're a lawyer, the first thing they think of is what's a hundred lawyers at the bottom of the ocean, right? Because you you automatically start at the bottom of a pile when you tell somebody that you're a lawyer. Then they have to, you have to work your way up to prove that you're not the lawyer that they think you are. It's not like everybody, oh, you're a pediatrician. Oh, you're a great person, right? I'm a lawyer. Oh, you should be in the bottom of the ocean. That's what I'm trying to say. How does that happen? Because people throw lawyers all in the same pot. One lawyer does something bad to them. Every lawyer on the planet is bad. I think the same thing happens to plumbers. Plumbers. People. Oh, be, no. I mean, whatever. You think all plumbers should be at the bottom of the ocean? No, I'm saying the same stereotype phenomenon. Like, you, I say the word plumber. What's the first thing you think of? Crack. There you go. <laughs> so it's not just lawyers. Calm down. I'm not. It's I'm okay. not saying it's just lawyers. I'm just saying, you know, that's see. Eisner said plumbers crack too. There you go. See. <laughs> so, I'm. I, I'm so not. Okay. I'm not saying it's just lawyers. I'm saying that this judge gives lawyers even more of a bad reputation, and it offends me because I believe that as someone in a courtroom, you have a higher responsibility to a higher moral code than to impose your principles on other people. I mean, we have this Supreme Court opinion that just came out um, on, on July 1st about um, the uh, voting laws in, um, oh, where was that? No idea. I didn't, Arizona. Mean, I didn't mean to sidetrack. The Arizona voting laws, right? Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court, in a 6-3 opinion, said that the voting laws in Arizona, where they can throw out undocumented ballots, where they can, can create laws that ensure the integrity of mail-in ballots. So the Supreme Court of the United States, six to three, an opinion written by Alito, said that these laws do not violate the um, the uh, federal law against that protects voters' rights, right? The anti-discrimination laws in voting, six three, and they came to this well-crafted conclusion that these laws are not written with a racial bias behind them. And they lay it all out. Even Gorsuch writes a one paragraph um, concurrence that says, hey, guess what? Everybody agrees that this is stand, that these people have standing. Nobody disagrees that about this certain point. Then the three who, who are dissenting, Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer, right? They spend pages upon pages. You can just imagine what the, the final, what the majority opinion would have looked like if, if uh, Kagan had written it, right? Given this whole outline of their view of systemic racism in America, it doesn't have anything to do with these laws, by the way. Everything about it is how this 
racism was in history. This racism was in history. This racism was in history. This everything in this Therefore, their no opinion. ID. Pardon me. Therefore, no ID. Yeah, that's, that's a conclusion. Well, it wasn't oh, even about ID. Racism existed in fifty different places, so no one should have to have ID to vote. No, racism existed in different places throughout history. Therefore, every voting law is now racist. Uh -huh. See, because this this opinion had nothing to do with IDs. This had to do with integrity, election integrity, with the ballot boxes, with uh, mail-in voting. Right. So how do we shore so up merely the having a procedure drop boxes? Yeah, having a procedure to shore up the drop boxes is racist. Yes, merely having a procedure is limits minority voting. Wasn't that this always? This what we said the other day about all of these theories from these leftists is always uh, condescending and demeaning mm -hmm. to black voters. Right, but any procedure for voting that voters have to follow is racist. So you're inherently saying black people are stupid, so we can't have any kind of procedures because they won't be able to do it. Right. And the crazy thing was, the point that I was trying to make is this whole page upon page upon page of this dissenting opinion written by these three liberal whack jobs had nothing to do with, with drop boxes and mail-in ballots. It was all in a bullet point history of their perception of racism in America, which makes me incredibly oh, grateful. Perception is not the right word. They have no perception. This is this is the regurgitation of what they've been taught to say. Yeah, they, they have no perception. This is not because they perceived it that way. Yeah, it's because they were brainwashed and programmed to produce that such a diatribe to right. produce those talking that, that's the whole thing about this. And that's I all it was, was just I, a laundry list of, of filler talking points. But this is a very important point. When you, you All these people that you run into from day to day, like they think this and they think that. Uh, no, they don't. It's actually not what they think. It's what they've been programmed to regurgitate. Yeah. There is no thinking or perceiving. This is not because they looked around and came to these conclusions, right? None of the people spouting CRT coming out of these college. It's not because they've observed any of the right. things they're talking about. Right. This is what they simply have been programmed to say. This is how they've been programmed to respond. Right. And so you see that even at a level, like what you're saying, these are, I mean, if you think in the legal realm or whatever, what is the highest height of anybody in that sphere to be a Supreme court justice? So right. at the absolute tip tops of the most, educated, smartest, brilliant, highest level of society and their occupation, you know, on the planet, same thing, same phenomenon. So right. it doesn't matter where you're the lowly kid on the street coming out of a high school class, you've been programmed like this, or your PhD level, 16 years of education, 30 years in the legal field programmed to regurgitate this. It's it's the opposite of thinking. It's yeah. There's no thinking or perceiving going on. This is pure programming. And you know it's not thinking because when you give them a reasoned response, you give them historical facts, uh, you you explain the nuances of what they're citing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They maintain their view. We saw once again, uh, July 4th rolls around. Now it's even come to, I think, the Washington Post. 
done a whole article about how much Frederick Douglass hates America and hates the 4th of July and hates the Constitution based on his July 5th, 1852 speech over and over and over again. And you can you can go read the speech, give the quotes, explain exactly what Frederick Douglass is saying. And they're still going to regurgitate the talking. Here's the thing, JC. So pure programming, pure brainwashing. There's no thought. There's no reason. There's no analysis. There's no perception involved. I was on Instagram running through conservative post after post saying with conservatives, I say that like this conservatives saying, uh, don't fall into, uh, don't repeat what's how do they put it? So it wasn't you shouldn't support Frederick Douglass's opinion on the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. That was the narrative. Don't support Frederick Douglass. Right. When they don't realize that it's and I'm in there. I'm, I'm putting into these comments. Look, Frederick Douglass uh, was was actually applauding the foundation of America. Frederick Douglass was actually applauding the Declaration of Independence. And saying, hey, America, live up yes. to these exceptional ideals, which today is the opposite. So they take, so Frederick Douglass is not attacking the Constitution right. or attacking the Declaration of Independence or attacking the founders and saying, destroy America. That's not, so, which is the message today. Frederick Douglass saying the opposite. These ideals are sound. The founders did a magnificent thing. So, but in my current situation, and, and he's talking about slavery literally existing, right? Not, not 400 years ago. Here we look out on the land and people are literally enslaved. He's saying, I'm people like me, not him in particular, but people like me, he's, he basically says, are cannot enjoy these things at the moment. Let's right. live up to these great ideals. Right. Shame on you, America. Let's let's be the America we're supposed to be. That's what he was saying. It's not this modern day CRT message. Burn down America. Destroy America because it's inherently racist and there's nothing they can do about it. So we have to just wipe it off the face of the earth. That's the message. That was not Frederick Douglass's message. Right. It's completely the opposite of what Frederick Douglass was saying. So yeah. it's pure, pure propaganda when they take. And it's what The Washington Post I just saw the article today. Um, repeating the same propaganda. So it's talking points, it's brainwashing, uh, and it's false. It's a it's a false narrative, pure lies. And they're not interested. I mean, you could sit side by side with these idiots and go through the speech, which I've done. You go through the speech. Okay, look what he says. Take the speech uh, in its totality. Was he criticizing uh, the American government and American people mm -hmm. at that time? for not living up to the ideals of the constitution? Yes, absolutely he was, and rightly so. Was he saying that therefore we have to destroy America, its constitution is inherently flawed, the declaration is inherently racist, the founders were racist, and you ought to hate all of it? Not what he said, not even close. It's not in this speech. But these are propagandists, and mm -hmm. they've just been programmed to repeat this stuff. So, I, you know, I, for some of these people, I just it, it, it's going to take a divine act of God to break through the programming in their mind. Because because I'll say one final time, it's not based on reason or analysis of historical fact. It's right. based on programming in these professional indoctrination centers 
prison camps we call universities and colleges and their surrogates in the corporate media. Right. Let me read to you what Alito wrote in this this opinion. He said uh, now they were. Uh, he says, we are more than satisfied that the district court's interpretation of the evidence is permissible. Now, the district court found that there was no racial motivation to these laws because that's the criteria. Were they racially motivated when they created the, the, the rules and the, and the procedure for drop boxes and mail-in voting? And the district court, even the Ninth Circuit said there was no racial motivation, Right. So he says, we are more than satisfied that the district court's interpretation of the evidence is permissible. The spark for debate over mail-in voting may have may well have been provided by one senator's inflamed partisanship, but partisan motives are not the same as racial motives. I thought that was an incredibly powerful statement. Because then what you have to have is you actually have to, and, and this won't be far for the Democrat Party to do, but you have to come out and actually then submit in a court of law that if you are a Republican, you are automatically racist. The only way to get over that is to say, okay, partisan equals racist. Which is the point there of their narrative. But this gets to the heart of it. Right. I mean, what that statement gets to the heart of it. That right. Basically, it, it reveals all the racism talk is pretense right. for political motives. Exactly. It's this whole exactly. thing is pretense for political motives. And by the way. Because you have to take it in its opposite. Alito says partisan is not racism, but they want you to think racism is partisan. And this neo-Marxism is a political economic system. It's not about race. It uses race as a pretense to push the neo-Marxist system uh as a replacement mm -hmm. for what we currently have, or at least what we're supposed to be. Right. Right. So let's talk, JC, about what happened with the Morris. What? Tell me again their the names. Morris. The Moors. They have a group name, though. What's their group name? Yeah, it's, okay. the particular group's called Rise of the Moors. Yeah. Right. So what? And many of you have asked us to talk about this. And so what happened was, uh, I have it on my phone here. But you have the rise, uh, some members of this group, the rise of the Moors, get pulled over in Wakefield, Massachusetts on July 3rd uh, of this year on I-95. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because JC and I watched the, the video that these men were making when all of this was happening. Yeah, yeah so he was, he was filming with a body cam live while, while they were being stopped and detained. And with uh, his cell also phone. broadcasting live on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, you can, so you can see everything. Well, most everything that happens. I never, I never saw the part where they ran off into the woods, which was being reported. I don't know what that was all about. It said they, well, it said they got scared and ran. Well, I'm looking here at an MSN article, right? 11 men involved in the July 3rd standoff mm -hmm. on I-95. That word, that, that term standoff yeah. gives you a completely different perception about what really happened. Right. Because a standoff is what you think of when you, when you think of, you know, having a hostage yeah, it or wasn't, It wasn't like a standoff. That. They were detained by the police. 
Period. But they, there was no standoff. But you wouldn't even, there was, the only people that were pointing guns were the police. Correct. You could, yeah, I mean, you can go, it's Rise of the Moors on YouTube. You can go watch their videos. You can see what was happening. There's no standoff. So this is a, that's a, that's a, um, a trigger word. Mm -hmm. So the media and the government is using this trigger word. Uh, and, and I, maybe, maybe the government agents fed that word to the media. I don't know. Uh, but it's a trigger word. Mm -hmm. Um, and so again, you could watch the, uh, the video that they filmed. There's no standoff. Uh, they were detained. That's right. it. Wakefield, Massachusetts. And, and, you know, as far as the, I saw the reporting, you, you start searching <clears throat> out and looking and you see the reporting. So it was interesting how the media wanted, and this is a common technique. So the media, uh, government mouthpieces i saw this whole series about what other people now not the rise of the moors group but other people who identified as moors uh okay. involved in criminal trespass and and you know different criminal acts you know two of two or three of these uh, members of the group that's been around for over a century right, right? and so they all these stories of different people identify as Moors doing, doing bad things mm -hmm. as if that somehow relates to this group. So, and, and then stuff that they believe, here's what they believe, here's what they follow. And it's weird. And we don't agree. Whatever they believe and whatever other people have done have no bearing whatsoever on what these 11 men did or didn't do in Wakefield, Massachusetts. And the bottom line is there's absolutely nothing that they did that ought to be criminal. They threatened no one. They pulled a gun on no one. They stopped on the side of the interstate to fill up their car with gas from the gas uh, tanks that they were carrying Which, so that they wouldn't have to stop in these tyrannical states. And basically, they've been charged. I think there's like six charges. What it basically amounts to is they've been charged uh, very simply for owning firearms. That's it. That's really what it amounts to. And then all this, all those sort of concocted things uh, around that. Well, Massachusetts law has specific rules for transporting firearms and motor vehicles. Which are garbage and tyrannical. Yes, absolutely. Complete garbage. Okay. So they're being charged with violating Massachusetts laws Correct. on transporting Which, firearms. Things that ought not be criminal. Right, right. So, but even within those laws... They were they in the majority of the incidents were actually in compliance with those laws. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were just moving through the state to get to another place. Right. So they didn't they didn't actually they carried their own. Like you said, they carried their own fuel so they would not have to stop at a gas station and and engage in commerce within the state. So they didn't engage in commerce with this state. They pulled over on the side of the road in the middle of the night right. where they wouldn't be in open public, where there wouldn't be lots of traffic coming by to fill up their vehicles. As a matter of fact, in Massachusetts, you can carry a loaded or unloaded rifle or shotgun upon or across a public way if you are engaged in hunting and holding a valid hunting license, mm -hmm. right? So all they would have need to do was get a hunting license 
and then, you know, well, pay the government. That, right. Which is the whole that's that's my whole point about, you know, what is criminal behavior? Look, not paying if you the if you toll. if you can otherwise do something that is not criminal behavior. Right. Or let's say it this way. If if doing something, the only thing that makes it non-criminal mm-hmm. is you've paid some amount of money and yep. got a little piece of paper. Got your permission. That's slip. complete garbage. Yeah. These this is not I mean. I, so so the crime. So in that case, the crime here would not be anything to do with the rifle. Right. Right. You basically you're in this situation and didn't have your little card and the money you paid the government. So the crime is not paying the government the money and which, not getting their little permission, which ought to be it's a complete utter garbage. ought to be simply a civil citation, like Correct. fishing without a license. Correct. Not a crime. Yeah. where you are arrested and go to jail. Now, the thing that got me again was this whole terminology in the media that this is a this was a, a standoff because we watched this video. These people, these these young men were standing on the side of the road. The police were like a hundred yards away. They were shouting, we want to be peaceful, please. These are the young men. The young men are going, we want to be peaceful. Please lower your weapons, police officers. Yeah, right. Please don't point your weapons at us. We are peaceful. We are simply trying to stop long enough to get gas. Meanwhile, the, meanwhile the laser pops up on the dude's chest yes. from, from the sniper. Yes. Is, is what it sounded like. He, yes. He was telling the guy, hey, bro, I just saw his, you know. Yeah. And, and they're shouting out all these codes. And I mean, so, so, here's so the, the thing, thing about Jesse, them being frightened wait, is totally reasonable, yeah. by the way. Here's the thing. Something that should have taken a maximum of four and a half minutes turned into a four hour ordeal because they couldn't just let them on their way. They committed no crime other than being in Massachusetts, contrary to Massachusetts idea of how people should travel through Massachusetts. And that again, seriously, of all the of all the states in these United States that have the history that Massachusetts has, the people of Massachusetts should have never let this kind of tyrannical government exist because Massachusetts is just the, the history of 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 Thomas Gage disarming the people, the history of the king disarming the people, the history right. of all of the Americans coming right. together yeah. from 16 to 64 to defend the right yeah. of the people exactly. of Massachusetts to keep and bear arms. Yeah, Massachusetts. This should not have happened in Massachusetts. The very reason you exist, your very origin of your existence is a reaction to the exact same things you are currently doing yes. to these men. Yes. Absolutely preposterous. And you know, they're playing up because they're sort of a, uh, they're, they're not, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak too much. I, I don't really want to, um, let's say criticize as far as their religious beliefs, but you see the media playing up the Muslim aspect. So they're, they're trying to stir up fear and make people think like these are Islamic terrorists. So that's another part of them. So, cause, cause their, uh, their particular religious views uh, align with 
Islam. So they have a different book. It's not the actual Quran. They say it's some, uh, you know, uh, lost portion of it or whatever, you know. So they're they're playing up the the imagery, mm-hmm. particularly all these black black radical black identity black nationalist radicals uh, and and uh, Muslim terrorists and all this thing. So it, it's just it's just nuts. In other words, Total let's propaganda. start convicting. Let's start arresting people, detaining people, taking their private property, taking their personal liberty, simply because you don't agree with what they believe. And if we can't get past this end of our noses and realize that the Marxists are setting up a situation where bad facts make bad law, right? So then they can turn it around and do the same thing to Christians. So if you are a conservative, if you are a Christian who has even a modicum of a leaning to constitutionalism and you support putting people in prison simply because arresting or detaining people or taking property rights or liberty from people simply because they're associated with a particular religion you don't agree in. Let me tell you about a story in the Bible, my Christian friends. (laughs) The man's name was Haman and Haman built a gallows because he didn't like the Jewish scribe named Mordecai. And he devised this elaborate plan to condemn Mordecai to these gallows. But guess what happened at the end of the story? It was actually Haman who was hung on those gallows, which is precisely why Thomas Paine will write several centuries later that the avidity to punish will take the most reasonable people in the most reasonable laws and make them apply them in the most unreasonable ways. He says, the if a person wants their liberty to be secure, they must guard the liberty of their enemy as if they were guarding their own. For the laws that you create to condemn your enemy will create the laws that will condemn you. And that's where we are. And that's where we are. So don't yeah. come at us in this little chat room and say, oh, but but they didn't you know Moors is another term for Muslims and they're Muslim radicalists or whatever. And and by the Nonsense. way, they don't even follow the Quran. It's a completely different writing. So different you can't book. even talk not, about and, that. And this term Moors is not the historical term that you know. It's not, it's not. It's it, not the Moors it, of Othello. It's not the Othello. Moors that invaded, you know, Spain and Italy yes. and whatever. It's 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 not even that. Uh, but the, the point is, it's completely immaterial. Yes. To now, this it doesn't matter completely even if they were. immaterial. They are not Muslim terrorists. They are not domestic extremists, at least not from what we know from this situation. In this situation, the facts of this case. This group, first off, you look at this particular group, they'll call themselves more the whatever more. It's not even Moors, but it's that's sort of shorthand, but it's whatever the Moorish temple, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, from my point of view, it, it's a, it's a it's an odd, you know, there's some odd details to whatever they believe. But who cares? It's what they believe. Right. And they're not threatening anybody. And in fact, part of the, the tenant one of the tenets of their their faith is is peace to live peaceably right and so 
apparently from the, the rise of the Moors group, and I watched all their videos and listened to them, uh, that their group is like a security force for their people, like a defense of our people are in trouble and they need defense. Mm -hmm. It's not, they're not, I saw no, uh, any place whatsoever of them advocating some overthrow or, or attacking or anything like that. So basically got a group of guys, again, whatever the belief of their religion and ideology, completely immaterial. You have a group of guys with their guns going to Rhode Island to do gun training right. and survival and camping. Okay. The rise of the Moors did nothing wrong. And let me period. Just, That's let me the bottom line. Massachusetts is tyrannical and these law enforcement officers are disgraceful. That's it. That That's what it is. Period. Let me just kick it up a notch for you. I don't even care if the government has classified them as domestic terrorists or an extremist group. That does not justify arresting and detaining people who have committed no violent harm to someone else. Can I just say that I agree with Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI in one thing? He said in his little congressional hearing, hey, we're not focusing on groups. We are focusing on people who commit violent acts. Now, whether that's a truthful statement about the FBI is, is something else to have a completely different discussion on. But that's how America was established. Our criminal justice system was established to punish evil. And you don't have the authority to prevent crimes for punishing people before they've done anything wrong. There is no such thing as crime prevention without tyranny, period. So look, it doesn't matter what you think about these people. It doesn't even matter what the Massachusetts police would think about these people. It doesn't matter what the Massachusetts government thinks about these people. It doesn't matter what the federal government thinks about these people. We must stand and say, if they've harmed no one, and, I, and can I just say this one, even be a little bit more specific? If these individuals, I don't care if their group, members of their group have harmed people. If these particular individuals have done no harm, then you must leave them alone. And, and you know what I get then, JC? You know what I get is, Oh, well, tell that to the families, you know, tell that to the families that have lost their family members or whatever from violent domestic terrorism that we're supposed to leave them alone oh, these 11 until men? they've done something wrong. Oh, okay. yeah. You're supposed to leave them alone until they've done something wrong. Tell the pre, that the to pre the, the yeah. pre-crime unit. Yeah, the pre-crime unit, right? Yeah. As if any, any law in government has ever stopped anyone from doing something wrong. As a matter of fact, the rules and regulations the government sets up to, to constrain and restrain us don't even stop the government from doing things wrong. So if I get pulled over for a taillight, my sex, faith, skin should not matter. Correct. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. That is absolutely correct. That's why we live in America. As and, a matter and, of and fact. Not Iran. You shouldn't be pulled over for a taillight. 
Okay, we just go out there. Let's just say that's another stupid reason. Because right. the whole reason the taillight laws are there, what's even worse is that that little, you know, the little light on your license plate, right? The only reason those laws are there for two reasons. One, to get revenue. And number two, to send, set up a protectual stop so they can look for something else. Right. Those kinds of ordinances ought to be eliminated in America. Completely, completely eliminated. Yeah. And so... But there you go. I I probably shouldn't say this, but but sadly, it's Christians are who you get that from, right? Well, you, it's I mean, true. Hear, this yeah. is what you hear because what do you mean their their faith shouldn't matter? Their faith, how could you say that? And Muslim terrorism, you know, whatever. Okay, so uh, so we should have stops there, sir. Are you a are you Jewish? Yes, I'm a, I'm a Jew. So okay, you're under arrest. Like that that should be a matter of, of whether you're prosecuted or whatever. So, so we're rolling it back to Nazi Germany. Let's right. just, let's just hand out stars that you're supposed to wear. Right. I mean, this is, it's, I just, if you think like that, you know, watch this show for like five minutes. And if your mind does right. not change, get the hell out of here, go yeah. away. Diesel, you're an idiot. Uh, diesel, a misdemeanor is a crime in every state. So let me let me explain to you maybe with people who've never been involved in the criminal system. So um, there are ordinances that create civil infractions, and that's like speeding right. or civil running versus criminal. civil versus criminal. So it's like running a, re a, a stop sign or, or well, no, not, not running a stop sign. So a civil infraction is like <laughs> letting your driver's license expire or driving without a license or um, uh, not. Uh, what would be another civil infraction? A speeding ticket. Speeding ticket is a civil infraction. Right. A criminal infraction is like driving under the influence, vehicular homicide, um, you know, th those kinds of things. That's a criminal statute. And so within the criminal world, right, a civil violation does not rise to the level of putting someone in jail. They just have fines, right? And then a criminal infraction or a criminal charge has different levels. So misdemeanor and each state has different levels of misdemeanors. And I'll just give you Florida by example. Florida has a first degree misdemeanor and a second degree misdemeanor. A second degree misdemeanor is punishable by 60 days in the county jail and a $500 fine. A first degree misdemeanor is punishable by $1,000 uh, and a year in jail. Then you rise to another level, which is felony. And then you usually have felony one, two, and three, which is opposite. So felony three is the lowest, felony one is the highest, and that's that's how that works. Mm. Anybody who give you a little bonus for your educational dollar. And the most of what drives these petty crimes is actually revenue. Right. It's a money game. It's a money game. It's how do you fund. How do you buy your toys? How do you buy your toys? Right. Total garbage. It is. It's complete and utter bunkona. So remember what Pat, what what Thomas Paine said: If you want to have liberty, you must guard the liberty of your enemy as if it were your own. Right. Because the laws you create to bind your enemy will bind you in the future. Yeah. Well, you know, and and it's uh, the. Uh, the the drift we i think we see in the courts and the league the the language mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you end up with now they seem to be forwarding this has been happening a while but they've turned 
descriptors, right? These descriptive words into crimes. So it's not tied to an action. Mm -hmm. What did you do? So then they use words like extremist. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is, what is, it's an what emotive. Is, what is the word. do? What is the action of like what do you, you're guilty of extremism? Okay, but really, what does question. the action of extremism look like? Okay, but you're, what does you're being or the like the like the plane? You're being unruly. What yeah. does the behavior unruly look like? Right? It used to be right. that's, you, that's it my was point. specific actions that you're guilty of. You did this thing, this action, and and now just miseducated, mindless products of our public education oh well they were unruly they're extremist they're they like now you have this criminal mm. intimidation bias intimidation interfering what, what does that mean interfering. interfering yeah yeah see here's the point that I, I, that I, I our system needs to understand because i asked a, asked a state trooper a question yeah so here's the thing we don't use these terms in laws, unruly, in, in right. just laws, unruly extremism, uh, interfering, because by very nature of those words, they are what we classify as arbitrary. They leave the definition to the person involved. We are, our system is established to prevent laws from being arbitrary and capricious. That's one of the most basic understandings of criminal law and the drafting of criminal laws that are written in any law school textbook applied in any legislature. Is this law arbitrary? Is it capricious? Well, it all has to do with the words that you use. Unruly, right? Unruly. Well, guess what? Uh, or, or extremist. And that was the point I was trying what exactly is yeah, an extremist? Get... How do you define that term? Yeah. You define that term based on a feeling, not based on or evidence opinion, or activity. Perception, yeah. whatever. So you get 50 people in a room and say, define unruly, define extreme. Right. What are you going to come up with? So mm -hmm. it's different than, you know, defendant A struck or, or perpetrator A struck defendant A mm -hmm. in the mouth with his fist. Yeah. You know, it's it's not some descriptor. It is an action. This is what was done. And now like he was mean to her. He was he was abusive. What is abusive? Now we're considered extremists if we simply disagree right. with a political party. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if that political party has happens to have a majority in a seat of government. So now we're extremist because a majority of a political party in a in a politically based structure, we disagree with. Yeah, which now it actually flips and and flops. Yeah, disorderly, so, that's another one. Yeah. Well, in the Supreme Court, by the way, disorderly is something that has been very, very well parsed in 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 constitutional law. As a matter of fact, the Supreme Court the Supreme Court has laid some of the of the the most extreme condemnation of officers using disorderly conduct as the as the blanket to arrest people right so they recognize the 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 arbitrary nature of that term disorderly and they have they have said look you've got to define disorderly by law you can't just let an officer's command become law
Those are, that's an exact quote from the Supreme Court, by the way, to let an officer's command become law sets us up to be a government of men rather than of laws. Yeah. Does the definition of extremists need to be a need to be legally understood? No, I think it needs to be eliminated. This shouldn't. This should not be. Well, no, from no, a no, criminal and political perspective, from crim yeah. right from legal, criminal, you know, statutory yeah. perspective. No, right. no, no one should be charged with extremism. People should be held accountable for specific actions that they undertake. Mm -hmm. Period. Did you do something that harmed or violated the rights of another individual? And what was that thing? Period. Not some broad category of, of, of a descriptor that a thousand people could come up with a thousand different opinions about. Now, there's a discussion that, going on. That's the on. whole point of the rule of law. Mm -hmm. There's a discussion going on in the chat room about reasonableness. Reasonableness no, is not actually an arbitrary term. Well, you have you can define reasonable in law. It's reasonable if you meet the criteria of A, B, C, D, and E. Anything outside the criteria of A, B, C, D, and E is not reasonable. And I say that to you because the Fourth Amendment says that we are to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures. We don't need political pundits, politicians, professors, and think tanks to tell us what reasonable means in the Fourth Amendment because the Fourth Amendment itself defines what's reasonable. So yeah. these are the kind of things that we need to understand. Reasonable is not, what I'm trying to say is reasonable is not like the word extremism. I, I don't, I don't agree with that 100%. I think reasonable is problematic. I know it's used in, I know it's used in the legal system and then yeah. it tied to specific statutes and things. And then they go through the definitions. Why not just keep, why, why not just focus on, get away from those kind of terms, focus on the, like if you have a thing, okay like that reasonable and then you have to separately well in this case reasonable means and then define it you've already indicated this is a problematic term the very need to separately okay we've got to give people the definition tells you this is not universally understood and so i think anything like that ought to be avoided so no i don't think extremism needs to be defined i think it needs to be steered away from right well, and I didn't say so, it needs no, to be I'm not saying, I said that no, needs I'm not to saying, go away. I'm not commenting on what, criticizing what you said. I'm, I'm just explaining. Mm -hmm. This is what I think the problem is with terms like the reasonable extremism. So you mm -hmm. look at, you know, again, perpetrator A took C4, <laughs> strapped it to the base of this building, detonated, 300 deaths, you know, resulted. Those are actions. That's what's, that what, right. that's what's happened. And people's lives were taken. Why do I then have to? So therefore, he's guilty of extremism. I mean, why does that have to even have to be a thing? Well, you just so have to be careful. It, it, it's adding, it's clouding uh, the way in which justice is carried out under the rule of law. Well, so I think all of these types of terms, uh, terms are are only detrimental to to sound, consistent. Uh, implementation of the rule of law. Well, here's the thing. You're never going to find a rule of law where you don't have to define terms. Oh, no, of so course. So you you're going to, gonna, just the fact that you have to define them doesn't mean you have to eliminate them or you have to avoid them. So the whole nature of every law is that these are the terms we're using and this is the definition for these terms. For like example, right. eminent domain, you have to define what a taking is. You have to define what 
what property, you know, that, that sort of thing. So you have these laws that set up, you have to have the definitions. The problem is not using the words that need to be defined. The problem is using the words and then not defining them. And that's the problem when you have disorderly conduct sure. and you don't have a definition for that, right? When you have that. Now, extremism is different because extremism is not built on facts. It's built on emotions. Yeah, it's not an action. It's not an action, right? It's built on emotions. Reasonable Although it has been equated to, you know, snowflakes feelings. Racist right? is another. Reasonable is actually an, a definable term. Reasonable is something that is, is physically definable by physical actions. Racism is not physically definable by physical actions. It's definable by feelings. How it makes you feel. Yeah. Well. I, yeah, and I'm certainly not advocating not defining things. And oh, no, I'm just saying there's saying, difference between I, being able to and defining them by emotions or by actions, like but, hate crimes, right? That's but, an emotion. But reasonableness is not not a – it's not the same thing. It's not – nobody's being charged with being unreasonable. I'm not, right. What I'm talking about is these adjectives that become crimes. Right, like exactly. Extremism is a crime. Right. That's absurd. That's a good Reason way to put that. Adjectives that become crimes. Reasonable is a measuring stick for defined action in 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 prosecuting or or defending that action. Right. Re, no, there's no. It's not. It's not. It's not the same category. So reasonableness is a is a descriptor of something that's already defined. That's the intent of that in the law. Uh, so it's, you know, this is reasonable to do because Second Amendment says such and such. So therefore, he was within the framework of that, which a person mm -hmm. would consider reasonable. So that's how that's used. I'm talking about you come up with these things. Like you said, there's somebody's feelings and somebody's you know opinion and description and some relative, <clears throat> relative nondescript, this relativism. You know, and so people are being charged with this sort of which, relativistic descriptor. Which, by the way, crime. JC, is why laws have definitions. Right. Because words yeah, I mean, in laws. Yeah, glossary. Law, yeah, words, li listen to me. See my face? Words in laws do not change meaning over time right. because you think they ought to have meanings. Yeah. That's why laws have definitions within those laws to define those terms. You don't def redefine terms based on modern perceptions or how they make you feel. You can only redefine terms in laws by amending or rewriting those laws. The system of laws, I want to say this, I wish I could say this for the last time in the rest of my life, but I know I will never because the indoctrination and the disinformation goes too deeply. The, the, idea that laws need interpretation is ludicrous. If laws need interpretations, what in the world is the entire purpose of writing them down, legislative debate, legislative intent, and the whole process. If laws are based on interpretations and not on intention and not on meaning, then they are nothing at all. And you live in a banana republic. Yeah. This is not a banana republic. Read my lips. Laws do not need interpretation. They need application. And that's how we get here.
because you have judges and lawyers that based in politicians that come up with that, ignoramus they, definitions like reasonable means what a reasonable person would yeah. find reasonable under reasonable circumstances. Because well, they think that's the whole point. We're, yes. we're supposed to debate and, you know, all this no. constant maneuvering. No, say what you mean, write it down and hold people to that. If it doesn't mean what it <laughs> says, then obviously, you know, get rid of it. Uh, get something that means what it says. It's right. an admission that you don't do your job very well. Right. If you, you're writing something that can't be understood. And and you got the whole and then the, the whole courts pretend, should, pretend yeah. notion that you can't understand uh, what the Constitution meant and what you know what the what the framers meant in these documents, and so we have to interpret and debate and figure out the meaning. So there, this there's is, a whole industry well, based on that fantasy. But this is what the court is for. The court is to look at the law and say you failed to define this. This is a bad law. It's unenforceable. Right. It's not the court's job to say, oh, we need to transform the Constitution yeah. to meet the terms and the needs of this thing in society today, or transform the Constitution. This. Because I think it means this. No, the purpose of the court is to take the law and measure it up to the Constitution. If it lines up, good law. If it doesn't line up, bad law, no law. And that's the only purpose for the court. That's why the scale has two sides. It doesn't have 37 sides. It is either the standard of the constitution and the law. It is e either equal to the constitution or it is not equal to the constitution. If it is equal with the constitution, it's a good law. If it is unequal to the constitution, it's a bad law. It's no law at all. Yeah, I, I think Ravi Zacharias was one of the greatest at, yeah. at nailing this uh, postmodernist relativism. The, yeah, the, the absolute absurdity of of non meaning in words. Yeah, and just this ever changing meaning of we words. We have to redefine just... these words. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. All right, guys, we are done for today. I am going to be on the Victory Channel today on Flashpoint at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to hear more, in about one hour, if you want to hear more about our non-compliant movie, which you can watch now at non, oops, let me type this in, noncompliantmovie.com. Did I get that spelled right there, JC? Mm -hmm. Noncompliantmovie.com. Uh, there you go. Put it up there for you. Noncompliantmovie.com. You can go watch that movie now. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am assigning homework to know nothing today. You have to go watch Noncompliant Movie before you ever step foot in my chat room again. So uh, know nothing. You are assigned homework by the professor to go watch Noncompliant Movie. And before you watch the movie, you need to meditate, pray, whatever to set aside any preconceived notions that you may have been fed through some textbook or some professor or something, and just simply watch the movie. So noncompliantmovie.com. Dragon's Talon, stick it in in the end just because I can, LOL. Dragon's Talon, thank you for your love and support. You guys just, you, you make my day. Everybody here makes my day. I love it when you come and I love the discussions that you have. You know, I go to other chat rooms um, 
I go to other chat rooms, you know, and I, cause I'm in other interviews and stuff. They're not as great as they're this. not as great as this chat room because your chat rooms are, are really thoughtful thinking people. And not only that, out there. you guys actually have been here that you have taken what we've learned you and we help you help new people in the chat room. Did you just say learned you? Did I say learned you? <laughs> taught you. Thank you. You have taken what we have taught you and uh, I've been in Arkansas too long. <laughs> Taking what we taught you and you help other people understand them in the 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 chat in the chat room. Hey, no nothing. Let me give you one little piece of homework as well. One last one. Go look up the word hermeneutics. Okay? Hermeneutics. All right. Um, I guess that's it for today, JC. All right. Uh, we are out. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Uh, Bernie Thompson will be with us on Thursday and Friday this week, right? Okay. Uh, pardon me, maybe? maybe, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, maybe Bernie Thompson will be with us. <laughs> but we will, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. We will. It's already risen. See you tomorrow. Oh.